Um, I'm going to get you one of those I Heart New York shirts, but I Heart Satan. <laughs> yep. You caught me. I love Satan. Devil worshiper. <laughs> I am a Welcome back, everyone. I'm Rachel. I'm Caroline. And this is Vibe with Dino. So today, since it is two days after Valentine's Day, and unfortunately, Valentine's Day didn't fall on a Wednesday, we couldn't have a Valentine's-specific episode. So sad. So sad. But instead, we decided to continue the love theme, and we figured we would talk about the five love languages. Yes. But before we jump into that, we have are are things that we need to get started with so many other things to talk about yeah you have to wait you have to wait for the love languages like we'll we'll get there it'll be good but we'll get there you just got to be patient with us suspense yes (laughs) so well to start off we obviously have to talk about what wine we're drinking this week because that's one of the most important parts about this podcast it's literally called vibin with vino vino of course. So, Caroline, what vino are we drinking? Oh, I don't remember how you pronounced it. <laughs> it has a very French-specific sounding name. And, and Caroline is not the French one here. That's well, you're okay. not French either, but you know French. <laughs> I, I speak French. Um, We're drinking a Cab Sav again. Yeah. So today, the wine that we're drinking, the brand is called Chateau Saint-Michel. See, I would have said Saint Chateau Michel because the, S- the STD. It is. It S- is above the STD. Oh my! The STE is above it, so I thought that went first. No. See, this is why you don't let me. The, say this it. is why you have me. So, anyway. We're drinking from the brand Chateau Saint-Michel. It is their Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, They're located in Columbia Valley, Washington. And we are both drinking the 2018 Vintage. Woohoo. Woohoo. So. Cheers. Cheers. And our weekly cheers, too. Is controversial. I think we should just cheers to our friends and our loved ones. Oh, I mean, that's actually nice. Yeah. See, I wanted to cheers to Cupid because Valentine's Day is all about Cupid. But Cupid kind of freaks me out. And then Caroline said that I was a Satan worshiper. I never no that that is not what I said. I did not say that. No, no. Don't don't you dare put words in my mouth. We just <laughs> went into Satan worshiping. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I didn't know that you wanted to cheers to our friends and family and loved ones. You never said that one. Well, you didn't give me a chance. You went straight into Satan. Yeah, that's true. 
Okay, so I guess we're going to cheers to our friends and family and our loved ones. <laughs> yes. Having and so Cupid. many. Okay, whatever. <laughs> but having somebody to care about from Valentine's Day and every other day of the year. And if you feel like you don't have someone that you can love and care for like that, we love and care for you. Yeah. We love and so care you for just all of us. you. Yeah. So cheers to all of our loved ones. We love you. We love you. If you didn't already we know. We hope you love us. I hope so. <laughs> I love you, Rachel. I love you, Caroline. I was just going to say that. Well, best friends. We're so cute. <laughs> for so long. I know. Forever and ever. Forever and ever. Biffles. Ew. Sorry, I do. Mm. <laughs> okay. Now. On to our next mission of the day. Our next topic of discussion. It's still Black History Month. Exactly. Since it is still February, it is still Black History Month. And that means we have a person, a Black person from history of the week to talk about. Yes. So, Caroline, do you want me to go first or do you want you to go first? You can go first because I think I went first last time. Okay. So, I found this person earlier today and I am honestly shocked that I have never ever heard of them before because they were super influential really kind of a groundbreaker in their field and just like a really big change maker. And so my black person of the week is Ralph Johnson Bunch. So Ralph Bunch was born in 1903, grew up normal childhood. He went to UCLA for college and graduated in 1927 as the valedictorian of his class and then attended Harvard University for grad school, where he received a doctorate in political science. Mm -hmm. And this actually made him the first African-American to receive a PhD in political science from an American university. Wow. Which is super cool. He then went on to become a professor of political science at Howard University, so the historically black university that we talked about last week, and much of his work was dedicated to ending colonialism, which is like taking over a country and taking over the people and exploiting them, basically. Oh, okay. So he helped to put an end to colonialism. He was then also a major part of the civil rights movement and led marches alongside Martin Luther King Jr., in 1947, he became involved in trying to resolve the Arab-Israeli conflict that was going on in Palestine, and for his work on that, he received the Nobel Peace Prize in 1950, which led him to become the first African-American to receive a Nobel Peace Prize. Wow, lots of firsts. I know. I told you he was a groundbreaker. Yeah, really. And my last little bit about 
Ralph Bunch, although there's so much more that we could go into, is that he was fundamental in the creation and the founding of the United Nations. Oh. And he served as a part of the United Nations for over 25 years. Well then. Yeah. And he died in 1971. So decently long life, but he put a lot of work into civil rights, the United Nations, and creating peace throughout the world. And it's just, he did a lot of dedicated work and I I thought he was really cool. And I'm surprised that I've never heard of him in any of my history classes or anything before. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. Because he was such a groundbreaker. He had all these firsts. He won so many awards and never heard of him. So that is Ralph Bunch. That is all about Ralph Johnson Bunch. And I highly recommend looking him up and reading about him further because I read through his like whole Wikipedia site and I read a couple of other sites and he just seemed like a really awesome, like he, he just did so much and it was really interesting to learn about him. Yeah, that's really, really cool. Yeah. Well, I just discovered a website that's called blackpast.org and it's like the whole entire website is just commemorating different black people throughout history. Oh my God. That's awesome. Right. I was like, Oh, this is a perfect plug for the podcast because that's literally what we're doing right now. Exactly. What's it called? Blackpast.org. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's actually how I found my person today. Okay. So who is your person today? My person is Alice Allison Dunnigan. She was born in 1906, and she was the first African-American female correspondent at the White House, as well as the first Black female member of the Senate and House of Representatives press galleries. All right. Right? I was like, oh, well, I live in Washington, D.C., so I might as well (laughs) do something a little political. (laughs) So Alice Allison Dunnigan, she was born into, I believe it was a farming family. I didn't write it down, but I believe she was born into a farming family. And then she married into a farming family and hated it. So she soon left her marriage. Okay. And she began teaching as an early career. And while she was teaching in Kentucky, she realized that her students didn't know much about how his how african americans made contributions throughout history in kentucky mm-hmm. so how african americans helped to shape kentucky as it is so then instead of giving out textbooks she curated these fact sheets all about kentucky and these were actually later turned into manuscripts so someone fully like made them into a manuscript which was really cool yeah So then once she was done working as a teacher, she began working as a freelance writer while she was also taking statistics and economic courses at Howard University. Oh, my God. I know. All these people are linked to Howard University in some sort of way, which is so interesting. Yeah. So she was taking statistics and economics at Howard University while working as a freelance writer, and then she 
landed a full-time job writing for the Chicago Defender, where she began covering news events at Congress. So that made her the first African-American to gain a congressional press pass. Oh. Yeah. So she was a journalist. She was a journalist. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> so after working there, she began working full-time for Lyndon B. Johnson's campaign. And then once he was elected vice president, she continued to work full-time under Lyndon B. Johnson. Then, after retiring from government service in 1970, she wrote an autobiography and published those Kentucky manuscripts. And then she died in 1983, and now there is a monument of her in Kentucky that was unveiled in 2018. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. I know. So many firsts for her, too, within her field. Seriously. Yeah. So I thought that she was really cool, um, and I wanted to highlight her. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. Well. So those are our Black People Highlights. Of, of the week. The week. Yay. Yay. All right. So, Caroline. <laughs> Rachel. How you doing? I'm doing good. You're doing good. Uh, yes. I'm doing a little overwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I've been pretty good. There's just been, like I said last week, February is going to be probably one of my most hectic months. There's just a lot of assignments that I have going on. Today, two of my assignments were just pushed back. And then that now means that I have two exams on the same day back to back along with like two to three other assignments due that day so it's gonna be a great time thrilled Can't so wait. fun so fun we love and then cool. yeah right and then my brother is visiting this weekend which by the time that this goes out he will have already been here and left um so there's that I, my babysitting jobs are ramping up a bit more. So I'm working a little bit more often, you know, life is just really picking up. So I'm not complaining. I love it. But this past weekend, I actually just cat sat, cat sat, cat sat, cat sat. Um, but so I'm on Rover, like I can be a dog or a cat sitter or whatnot. And I have literally not gotten a notification from them in like four months. But then all of a sudden, I just got two back-to-back, which I'm like, what the heck is going on? Both of the parents going to Colorado. So strange. Yeah, so strange. But so this one that I just got, literally in my building. Oh, my God. Two, three floors above me. Literally the same apartment layout and everything, three floors above me. I was like, of course I'm going to take this job. What are you talking about? And so it was a cat, which was is you know easy this cat hated me (laughs) hated me at first she was like nicer to me in the beginning which you think would be opposite no she was nicer to me but like would occasionally hiss at me and by the end of it she was only hissing at me and I was like what did I do to you like oh my god so that was sad but for a full week I'm going to be boarding 
a puppy. So I'm going to have a puppy for a week. Yay. Like a six-month-old puppy. Um, hopefully the puppy likes you. I think puppies are a little bit more um, excited about people. So I'm yeah. going to go with yes. But I'm so excited to just, like, have a dog. Yes. Even though it's for a week. And it's not dog. yours to keep. <laughs> it's not. I don't have to deal with it ever again. That's true. But yeah, I'm so excited. Yeah. All right. So Rachel, tell me, how are you? I'm pretty good. I'm finally been back at work for a couple of days. So fingers crossed nothing else goes wrong. <laughs> Let's hope. And I'm not out for work again. Um, but work's been good. I don't know. I don't really have very many updates. Not really much going on. All right. Not very many updates. Kind of boring this week. Anything going on in the future week? Um, it's my roommate's birthday coming up. Yeah. Anything fun? Yes. We're going out this weekend and celebrating. Um, and her parents are coming into town, so that'll be fun. So, shout out to Juliet. Happy 22nd birthday. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, that, that's kind of it. All right. That's, that's good. No news is yeah. good news. Yeah. Shall we get into the love languages? I think we shall. All righty. So the love languages were developed by Dr. Gary Chapman, author, speaker, and counselor. So Gary Chapman is most noted for the five love languages series regarding human relationships. He graduated from Wake Forest University. He got a master's of religious education and a doctorate of philosophy from Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. He is the senior associate pastor at Calvary Baptist Church in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. So he's a very religious man, to say the least. But the concept of the five love languages was to help people express and receive love as expressed through one of the five languages. That's a very oddly worded sentence. Basically, but, he came up with them to help people understand how best they want to receive love, I guess you could say. Yes. He says that while each of these languages is enjoyed to some degree by all people, a person will usually speak one primary language. So. So. What what are the love languages? Great question. So, obviously, there are five love languages. Really? I couldn't tell. <laughs> Yeah, if you didn't can already you know. Can you name them off the top of your head? I think so. There's acts of service, words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, and gift giving? Receiving like, gifts. Receiving gifts, yeah. The opposite. <laughs> no, whatever. <laughs> well, I you got close. it. I got the gift yeah. part. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. Yes. So the definitions of each of the five love languages. Acts of service are for the people whose actions speak louder than words. Receiving gifts 
is for the people who, when they receive a gift, a heartfelt gift, it's what makes them feel most loved. Quality time is all about giving the other person your undivided attention. Words of affirmation is when you use words to affirm other people. That was a great explanation. (laughs) Oh, wow. And physical touch is for the person who nothing speaks more deeply than appropriate physical touch. I'd say it's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. So basically, whichever one of those five makes you feel the most, like, loved, cherished, the best about yourself. Yeah, like, exactly. That's probably what your love language is. Yeah. And your love language can can be how you receive love and also how you give love. Yes. Honestly, I think the ways that I give love are different than the ways that I like to receive love. I think it typically is like that. Yeah. Which is really interesting because you'd think it's like the golden rule of kindergarten. Like, yeah, treat people, want to you other, be treat people how you want to be treated. Yeah. So wouldn't you think that you would give the same love languages, but apparently not? I feel like my top one is probably the same, but then like the next couple are like definitely mixed about how I give Mm. love versus how I want to receive love. I don't know. I would have to think about how I give love. Interesting. But so back to just the synopsis of this whole concept, I guess. Um, Gary Chapman wrote books on it and then he also, well, I don't know if he specifically, but quizzes were created in order for you to determine how you, like, in order for you to determine what your love language is and what the, like, ratio Mm -hmm. is compared to all five of them because usually you have all, at least some percentage of all five. But I think it's really interesting because, so we just... We both just took them again. But so I've taken this a couple different times and usually my top two are always the same, but then it always changes in the ratio. But this has been the most different since the last, since any of the other times I've taken it. And really? It's really? Yeah, it is. But normally like my top one is always my top one, like no matter what. Yeah, um, mine too. Yeah. But then the other ones like, what what's the bigger ones are have been different now which is really interesting all right but um yeah I really like doing this for no other reason than just like knowing how I can better treat my partner and my friends and family because I do think that it matters just in a relational standpoint of I think you know some people Yeah, like if my, if I really like physical touch, but somebody else does not, that is like such a big thing to know. Yeah. So then you know, oh, well, okay, so this person, I'm not going to just immediately pull into a hug. Yeah. It's really important. I think it just helps to better understand the people that you surround yourself with because it shows, it helps you to understand how to be a better friend or a better partner to somebody because you can be like oh that well this is mine this is what I think you might want but if your top love language is completely different than somebody else's 
then you can like be like, oh, I never thought of it that way. Let me do more acts of service or let me give you more words of affirmation. And it can help you kind of build a better relationship based off of that. And granted, like your what you need and which love language you need can change literally throughout the day. Oh, yeah. And especially throughout different time periods of your life. So the other thing is to remember that even if this is what you think someone's love language is now, it can easily change per situation, per minute even. Like, yeah, it can always change. So rather than just assuming it's better to, it's better to ask. Exactly. It can't hurt to ask. No. And I think that's another really important, awesome thing that I really like about the love languages is that it it helps me to understand me better because I can't know what to ask for if I don't know. And knowing that my top love language is blank, then I can be like, look, this, like, this isn't working for me, but if you were to try to do this, it would help me to better feel the love that you're trying to give me. And I've definitely used that before. Yeah. But it helps you to just be able to like speak up for yourself and have a role in just like making a healthy relationship and being able to talk about it, you know? It's the open communication part. Exactly. And it helps to validate like what you need out of a relationship. Yeah. No, it's definitely very important. It's good to know. Yes. Yes. So I think that we should play a little game. Okay. I think that we should guess each other's top two. Top two. Yeah. Because I don't okay. want to guess. I don't want to like. I feel like guessing all five in order is going to be really hard. But I, feel I think like it might be. <laughs> might be a little tricky. But I feel like top two is good. Okay. I think I know your top one. I mean, we all know my top one. My top it's, one is so obvious. It's it words is of affirmation. So obvious. <laughs> Caroline, I love you. <laughs> Literally, like, just hearing, I'm proud of you. I appreciate you. Like, throw, woo, makes me feel some type of way. Yeah. Yeah, you got that right. What's my second one? Oh, yeah. It's very close behind. Is it quality time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That makes sense. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So what are mine? I think yours are harder to determine than mine are. Yeah. But I, I have a feeling that your top one is quality time. It is. Oh, yay. I did it. <laughs> yeah. That is correct. You're the type of friend that you can just sit in a room and do nothing with and Mm -hmm. you'll appreciate that like you don't need to be doing something super extravagant and big but just like spending time with someone is enough yeah and I feel like that's really big throughout your family too I feel like your family really like fostered that as you grew up yeah my family we have this huge room in my house we call it our great room it's kind of where we, like, spend all of our time, like, our dining room tables in there, and, like, it's where we eat, it's where we do everything, and it leads right out to our back patio, and... 
you it's got kind the TV, of like you got the games exactly it's like the happy room of the house yeah it's a yeah. hangout room it's a hangout room but yeah that's definitely a big thing in my family and I think a lot of and I think there's a couple of like people in my family that have quality time as their top one I think my sister's top one is quality time I want to say I feel like your mom's would be I think so dad doesn't have enough time to spend quality time (laughs) (laughs) yeah Ben's is not quality time Ben doesn't know what quality time is Ben knows physical touch and that's it (laughs) (laughs) Ben is like 98% physical touch (laughs) okay 96 and then 1% each of the other ones (laughs) my brother is really into the physical touch oh too too much anyway um but yeah my top one is definitely quality time by quite a bit okay that I can understand because now I'm like what's your number two like mine I don't know I feel like mine are both very obvious yeah your second one is not nearly as obvious yeah like, part of me wants to say acts of service, but I don't think that's right. Uh-huh. Because I think that's how you give more than anything. Yeah. So I don't think that's your top set. I don't think that's your top two. I'll tell you it's not. You're yeah. right. It's I'm not. Gonna, I'm, I'm going to say words of affirmation as well. Because... Okay. Maybe it's just you and my friendship, but we don't have, like, we don't hug that much. We don't have much physical connection. But maybe it is, no, I don't know. (laughs) I'm going to go with words of affirmation unconfidently. Okay. My second one is physical touch. Oh, it is. It is. Dang. See, that's why I was not confident. But my second and third ones are pretty close, and my third one is words of affirmation. Okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited yeah. to hear the breakdown of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, physical touch is my second one. I like I like physical touch, but I have to be like fully comfortable with someone to like express that. Mm. And I also feel like that's what I want to receive more than give, anyways. So I'd rather have, like, somebody touching me than me touching somebody. Interesting. But, like, if somebody's touching me, I'm, like, obviously going to touch them back. Yeah. Like, with my friend Kennedy, Kennedy's a very touchy-feely person. Yes. And so when I'm with Kennedy, well, like, like, if we're walking, I'll, like, link arms with him. Or, like, I hug him a lot, and it's, like, very back and forth because he, like, gives me more of that so I feel like I can give him more of that mm, I don't okay. know where physical touches in your thing I think it's fourth or fifth it's changed has it Re- it changed it okay. used to be my number three for a long time really yep and then I I took it again and I was like whoa what? <laughs> yeah okay so I'll just go down I'll just go through my breakdown Okay. So words of affirmation is 30%. Quality okay. time is 27%. That is very close. Acts of service is 23%. Okay. Physical touch is 
That's a jump. And receiving gifts is 7%. All right. For the longest time, it was like words of affirmation, 32%, then quality time, then physical touch, and acts of service and um, receiving gifts was always my low. Receiving gifts has always been my lowest. Mine too. I think it's also how the questions are set up. There's a lot of questions. I feel like a lot of the receiving gifts questions are posed against like words of affirmation or quality yeah time. And I'm like well I'm always gonna choose those over like I've I don't know if it's fully fair because yes there are times where I do get like you know lots of enjoyment out of receiving yeah. a gift but I would prefer like if I had to choose between two things I would always go with one thing over the other yeah exactly but yeah that's my yeah. breakdown all right acts of service really pulling in hot seriously I was shocked about that I feel like that has come from living alone okay and being in grad school that is understandable right I'm that like, is really understandable I I feel get like where you're that's, coming from I feel like that's where it came from because it yeah. has never been nearly in my top like that yeah especially 23 percent when the other ones were 27 and 30 yeah never Wow. So, yeah. All right. What's yours? So, quality time I have at 37%. Wow. That is a big one. Yeah. And then it go- jumps down to physical touch at 23%. Oh, my gosh. So, it's a big jump. Um. So, then at 23% physical touch, words of affirmation is third. With 17%. Okay. And then it's acts of service at 13%. And receiving gifts at 10%. Wow. Yeah. And we're a long distance friendship. And your top two are quality time and physical touch. <laughs> yep. <laughs> how, how has our friendship lasted? FaceTime, baby. <laughs> But my receiving my receiving gifts has always been my lowest. So that makes Same. sense why you and I couldn't find a good Christmas present for each why we other. Su- but that's the thing. Like, why are we stuck I, at giving gifts to each other? But I'm so good at giving gifts to other people. I know. I am too. Like, what is that? Maybe we just never give gifts again. Are we going to be that friend? those friends? We never give each other gifts? Maybe we'll just give each other wine. Hey, um, I'm giving you this box of wine, not because we have a podcast all about wine, but because I want you to enjoy it. But I also want you to enjoy it on the podcast that we have about wine. But I also don't know what else to get you. (laughs) All of our gifts right now, like all of our gifts from now until the end of time are just going to be, I love you. Here's what we're going to do today. (laughs) Yep, basically. Well, now we know. <laughs> now we know. Glad that that's been established. Yeah, right? Yeah. That's so funny. But isn't it crazy how big of a jump it is between my first and second one? Yes, especially because yeah. mine are literally 3% apart. Mine are They're 14% so apart. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. So quality time is for sure my number one. Absolutely. 
Yes, not a doubt about that in my mind. Yeah, I mean, that one was obvious for me. Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess it's, like, I always expect words of affirmation to be my number one, but I always expect it to be higher because that easily is just, like, my top thing that I need to feel, need to feel loved, I guess. Like, yeah. I'm I'm huge on words. But it's interesting how it's pretty on par with other things too and they're all they're relatively pretty equivalent when you really think about it and that's the wild part to me like quality time has never been my number one but it's so close to being it yeah i'm like what is that you just like spending time with people i mean yeah (laughs) yeah we know but like also one of the big things about like quality time is like putting your whole focus into spending time with people mm-hmm. so like when you're with somebody that you're like hanging out with somebody like you're not on your phone you're not distracted by anything and you're like actually like present in the moment and like that is what I need yeah like I hate when I'm like talking about something or like going on a rant or just like explaining something or like talking about my day and somebody's like looking on their phone or like talking to somebody or like thinking about something else or like doing something else and then they're like oh what did you say yeah like why am I talking it just like it doesn't make me feel good no I totally agree I get that yeah I think the other thing that's interesting is when you first take the quiz it asks you like are you in a relationship are you single are you taking this for someone else and so Mm -hmm. I've been taking it the I'm in a relationship one. And so I think it's really interesting because I'm always taking it in reference to my relationship and what I like, how I want to be loved from a specific person, Mm -hmm. but you're taking it just how you want to be loved in general. So it does change things a lot. Yeah. I'm talking about it more like because I'm single, like in my like friendships and in my day to day relationships. Mm hmm. So I feel like if I were to do it with day-to-day relationships and stuff, it would be different. But since I'm doing it based on the boy that's sleeping in my bed right now. (laughs) The boy. (laughs) The boy. But since I'm answering based on, like, my relationship with him, I think it Mm -hmm. totally changes how I'm responding. Absolutely. Because the other thing is, like, oh, well, the – like, let's just say – take receiving gifts for uh, an example. The gift that I would be getting from Ryan is going to be very different from a gift that I would get from you, from my mom, from Paulina, from all these other people in my life. So it's just interesting how that kind of perspective can totally shift how you would prefer something over the other. Yeah. So Absolutely. I wonder how my percentages would change if I were to take it just based on, like, my friends and family. Yeah. It's still pretty, like, words of affirmation and quality time are still oh, always yeah. my number, number one. Absolutely. Though. I feel like maybe that's when it changes, is that when I'm in a relationship, it changes to acts of service being third over physical touch. Okay. Even though, like, I'm, like, totally a touchy-feely person with, like, in my relationship and yeah. my other friends. But I think I'm more of a touchy-feely person with my friends. Interesting. I don't know. 
Now I'm so confused on life because I'm contemplating it. What is going on? But like, it doesn't have to be definitive. Obviously, like, well, your yeah, like I said, have changed over time. time. Exactly. So, anywho, now that we talked all about our love languages, is it wine time? I think it's wine time. Yeah. So. We are drinking a Cabernet Sauvignon, like we said. Mm-hmm. But before we get into our wine of the week, I wanted to talk a little bit about, give a little wine fact, give a little wine knowledge, throw something out there. Because, like always, this is still a wine podcast and we're here to learn. I'm here to learn. Well, I guess you're still learning stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning a little bit. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. But I'm here to help everybody else learn. And me. <laughs> and Caroline. You're, you're part of everybody. Okay, I guess. All right, so what I wanted to talk about this week is old world wines versus new world wines. And Caroline has never heard of old world versus new world wines. Nope. So we're going to talk a little bit about what they are, what we can expect from them, and the different things about them. All right. Do tell. So, old world wines are referred to as wines grown in areas Mostly um, Europe, North Africa, and the Middle East. So all across Europe and North Africa and the Middle East, these places have been growing wines for a lot more time than the rest of the world has. And so they've learned what areas produce the best kinds of wine, what grapes grow best in which regions, They've kind of perfected their skills over the years and perfected the winemaking process over the years because they've been making wines for so much longer. So that is why they're called old world wines is because these were the first places on earth to start growing wine. Hmm. And so new world wines are basically everywhere else in the world that isn't Europe, North Africa, or the Middle East. Wow. Okay. Yes. And so a couple of things that are different between old world and new world wines, old world wines are are usually, they tend to be a little bit lighter bodied and lower in alcohol content and they show more earthy flavors while new world wines are usually have a fuller body and are higher in alcohol content and they're much more, ripe and fruity interesting yes so it's kind of it's a different style of how the old world versus the new world tends to produce their wines okay another difference between old world and new world wines are that old world wines are usually labeled by the region they're grown in rather than the grape that the wine is made of. Okay. So what that means is that if you are looking at 
a wine from France or a wine from Spain, you're most likely to see the region in France or in Spain that the wine is grown in. So like if you're looking at a French red, it might say it might be like a Bordeaux wine, but it doesn't say what kind of grape that is. And that is because old world wines have been, like I said, growing wine for so much longer that they know which grapes grow best in which regions. And that those specific regions usually only grow one or two kinds of grapes. And those are the one or two kinds of grapes that grow best in that region. So if you see a Bordeaux red wine, it's most likely going to be a Cabernet Sauvignon because that's what grows best in the Bordeaux region of France. Okay. And so if you see a red wine from Burgundy, France, it's probably going to be a Pinot Noir. Again, for the same reason, because that's what grows best in that region. I feel like I really just learned so much because I always thought that Bordeaux was a type of wine. Yeah. Bordeaux is actually like most likely going changed. to be a Cab Sav. Wow. I never realized. I literally thought that Bordeaux was like a type of grape. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And I feel like a lot of people do. I think when I started drinking wine, I probably thought the same thing. But it's really just the region where it's grown. And so all across Europe and Africa, North Africa and the Middle East, that's what you're most likely going to find is something that says the region that it's grown in rather than the grape that's grown. Ooh. Okay, cool. But yeah, and so then New World wines, like most of the United States, New Zealand, Australia, all these other places, they usually tend to label their wines by what grape is grown because we've been growing wine in these regions for a lot less time than the old world wine places have. And so we haven't figured out which ones are best yet. And honestly, it's a little easier for people to understand based on the grape rather than the region, because that's what I agree. we've grown up getting used to Yeah, in the United States, because that's usually what we see rather than we don't know how to differentiate between the regions. Well, that's definitely something new. I never realized that it was called old world versus new world wines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So there's our little wine facts for the day. Also, another little snippet. One really great New World wine based on the region that I definitely recommend trying is a Pinot Noir from Oregon. Yes. Yes. And I'm glad you know that because Pinot Noirs grow so well in Oregon. And it just Wait, so is that brings out the new, flavors perfectly. Old World or New World? New World. Okay, it is considered New World. Um, yeah. Elouan. That is a really good Pinot Noir from Oregon. Okay. E-L-O-U-A-N. Yeah, so that's a very good one. But Pinot Noir is from Oregon. I can attest to that one. Yes, that is a region-specific New World wine that you should definitely try we should go to an oregon winery i would love to go to an oregon winery let's do it can't wait 
Absolutely. On the books. On the books. Who knows when, but it's in there. Could be years from now. We'll see. (laughs) Anyways, on to this week's wine. The The 2018 Chateau Chateau Saint-Michel. Saint-Michel. The 2018 Chateau Saint-Michel Cabernet Sauvignon (laughs) from Columbia Valley, Washington. Thoughts, Caroline? Well, I do want to ask you, any are there any flavors that you? Oh, can you're really out? gonna try you? You you're, I'm you're thinking to you. yourself. You're thinking, oh, she did so good last week. Let's really test yeah. her this time. I'm gonna no. test you. <laughs> Nothing. Um. Um. Okay. Would I be wrong if I said I'm getting blackberry? No. Not at all. I'm getting blackberry. <laughs> okay, good. Because <laughs> it's definitely like a little tart. Mm-hmm. But it's, I feel like it's got that berry, berryness the, to it. It's a, it's the dark fruit berry. Yeah, it's not strawberry. It's not blueberry. It's not raspberry. Like it's, it's dark fruit. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm getting blackberry from it. Yes. Definitely Gorgeous getting the tannins. Uh huh. Because of my tongue feel. Smells like wine. Yeah, I don't know. I the only thing that I can pick out is blackberry. That's good. I'm so I did I'm something. So proud. I'm so proud. Um. So when I first smelled it, I immediately smelled oak. Okay. Maybe I don't know what oak smells like. Immediately got the oaky smell, and the very first taste on the tongue, I definitely get the oak. It kind of hit me right away. And then it kind of mellowed out as I sipped it. So, like, as I took a sip, the first taste I got was a little bit of oak, and then it went into the dark fruit, the blackberry that you got. Okay. And then I did get the tannins. The tannins hit right away, but the tannins also mellowed out on the sip. Okay. I think the whole sip just, it hits you and then it mellows out pretty quickly. And then on the very finish, I'm getting like a little bit of cherry. Okay. And the acidity kind of hits too, but the acidity hits like in the middle with the blackberry. Yeah, it's definitely got a more acidic vibe to it. Yeah. But all in all, I it, it's pretty smooth, which I do like. And I think it has a really good balance of flavor to it. Mm-hmm. I really like this Cab Sav. My only real issue with it is that it gives me that dry tongue feel. Yeah. That's the so only th- issue. Yeah. Other than that, I think the flavor is great. I love the flavor of this. This is really good because it's not super fruity. I'm getting that oakiness in the beginning. And it's not... Like like I said, it's not like super fruity. It's not really jammy. It's just kind of all. It's all balanced very well. I think. Yeah, I would agree. I think I would give this. I think I would give it a four point five. I think. I think I would give it alone a three point seven five, purely because. Like I said, I'm not a huge fan of that dry mouth feeling. I don't like that. But I'm also judging it based off of how it tastes alone without 
any type of food pairing. Yeah. And like I've said in previous episodes, I think that for some wines, it really does matter. I think this one definitely is good alone, but it wouldn't be my first choice. But I think that also could just be because Cab Savs aren't my first red wine choice. Yeah. So I think that also plays a part in it. But Absolutely. Yeah. For the podcast, I'm going to give it a 3.75. All right. Because I would definitely drink it again, but. Yeah. Yeah. I Like I said, I would. I think I would give it a 4.5, but that's because Cab Savs Cab is Sabs are usually your favorite. my first choice. <laughs> yeah. Cab Savs are my favorite. Um, and it really has all of the flavors that I like, and it's not super expensive. It's definitely one that I would continue to buy over and over again, which is why I think I would personally rate it higher. Mm-hmm. I think quality-wise, I would probably give it a four because I definitely – like, it's not – like it definitely could be better, maybe a little bit more balanced or like textured or something. Like I've I've had better cab sobs before, but okay. I still think that this is a really good one that I would continue to drink over and over again. Definitely one that I would purchase, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I think for the overall quality, if I was rating it unbiasedly, I would give it a four. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope that everyone enjoyed this episode talking about love languages. Go take the quiz on five love five lovelanguages.com, I believe, and see what your top love languages are. And then you can comment in our Instagram. Maybe we'll yeah. like post a screenshot of what ours are or something. Maybe we will. And you can comment what your top two, top three, whatever, are. And then we'll know. We'll know how to give love to our followers. Yes. (laughs) We'll share our love with you. Yes. In the ways that you need. Yes. But with that, follow us on Instagram at vibinwithvino, as well as on TikTok, even though we're still not doing it, and the vino the app so that you can follow along with our ratings of the wines that we drink and you can find other wines that you may like to drink based on what you've already drank before yes or if you want to try something new you can just take pictures of the labels of different wines and see what other people rate them exactly the vino is a great app and we cannot recommend it enough when is vivino going to sponsor us that's the real Uh, question hopefully soon Imagine that would be sick. That would be be so so cool. cool. (laughs) So cool. Yes. All right. Well, with that, we will talk to you next time. Talk to you next time. All right. Well, see ya. Bye.